Section 17 of According to Promise. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Simon Wainwright. According to Promise by Charles Spurgeon. Section 17. Searching Out the promise thou hast promised this goodness unto thy servant second samuel chapter seven verse twenty eight king david knew that the lord had engaged to give him and he referred to it specially in his prayer as this good thing revised version we greatly need to be more definite in our supplications than we usually are we pray for everything in such a way that we practically pray for nothing it is well to know what we want hence our lord said to the blind man what wilt thou that i should do unto thee he wished him to be aware of his own needs and to be filled with earnest desires concerning those needs these are valuable ingredients in the composition of prayer knowing what we need the next business is to find that the lord has promised us this particular blessing for then we can go to god with the utmost confidence and look for the fulfillment of his word to this end we should diligently search the scriptures looking much to the cases of other believers which are like our own and endeavouring to light upon the particular utterance of divine grace which is suitable to ourselves in our present circumstances the more exact the agreement of the promise to the case the greater the comfort which it will yield in this school the believer will learn the value of plenary ay of verbal inspiration and for in his own instance he may have to dwell upon so slight a matter of the number of a noun as paul did when quoting the promise made to abraham he remarks now to abraham and his seed were the promises made he saith not and to seeds as of many but as of one and to thy seed which is christ galatians three verse sixteen he may rest assured that somewhere in the inspired page there is a promise fitting the occasion the infinite wisdom of god is seen in his having given us a revelation which meets the innumerable varieties of his people's conditions not a single trial is overlooked however peculiar it may be as there is food specially adapted to every living thing upon the face of the earth so there is suitable support for every child of god in the volume of inspiration if we do not find a fitting promise it is because we do not look for it or having found it having not yet perceived 
its full meaning a homely comparison may be useful here you have lost the key of a chest and after trying all the keys you possess you are obliged to send out for a smith the tradesman comes with a huge bunch of keys of all sorts and sizes to you they appear to be a singular collection of rusty instruments he looks at the lot and then he tries first one key and then another he has not touched it yet and your treasures are still out of your reach look he has found a likely key it almost touches the bolt but not quite he is evidently on the right track now at last the chest is opened for the right key has been found this is a correct representation for many of perplexity you cannot get at the difficulty so as to deal with it aright and find your way to a happy result you pray but have not the liberty in prayer which you desire a definite promise is what you want you try one and another of the inspired words but they do not fit the troubled heart sees reasons to suspect they are not strictly applicable to the case in hand and so they are left in the old book for use another day for they are not available in the present emergency you try again and in due season a promise presents itself which seems to have been made for the occasion it fits as exactly as a well-made key fits the wards of the lock for which it was originally prepared having found the identical word of the living god you hasten to plead it at the throne of grace saying o oh my lord thou hast promised this good thing unto thy servant be pleased to grant it the matter is ended sorrow is turned to joy prayer is heard frequently the holy spirit brings to our remembrance with life and power the words of the lord which else we might have forgotten he also sheds a new light upon well-remembered passages and so reveals a fullness in them which we had little suspected in cases known to me the texts have been singular and for a while the person upon whose mind they were impressed could hardly see their bearing for years one heart was comforted with the words his soul shall dwell at ease and his seed shall inherit the earth this passage was seldom out of his mind indeed it seemed to him to be perpetually whispered in his ear the special relation of the promise to his experience was made known by the event a child of god who mourned his years of barrenness was lifted at once into joy and peace by the seldom quoted word i will restore to you the years that the locust hath eaten the bitter experiences of david as to slander and malice led to the utterance of consoling promises which have been a thousand times appropriated 
by obscure and broken-hearted Christians when afflicted with trials of cruel mockings. Before his dispensation shall close, we doubt not that every sentence of Scripture will have been illustrated by the life of one or other of the saints. Perhaps some obscure and little understood promise is still lying by until he shall come for whom it was specifically written. If we may so say, there is one rusty key on the bunch which has not yet found its lack, but it will find it before the history of the church is finished. We may be sure of that. The word of the Lord, which would remove our present discomfort, may be close at hand, and yet we may not be aware of it. With singular knowledge of human experience, John Bunyan represents the prisoner of Doubting Castle as finding in his own bosom the key called promise, which opened every door in that gloomy prison house. We often lie in durance vile when the means of obtaining fullest liberty proffers itself to us. If we would but open our eyes, we should, like Hagar, see a well of water close at hand, and wonder why we thought of dying of thirst. At this moment, O oh, tempted brother, there is a word of the Lord awaiting thee. As the manna fell early in the morning, and lay ready for the Israelites to gather it, as soon as ever they left their beds, so does the promise of the Lord await for thy coming. The oxen and fatlings of grace are killed, and all things are ready for thine immediate comfort. The mountain is full of chariots of fire and horses of fire prepared for thy deliverance. The prophet of the Lord can see them, and if thine eyes were opened, thou wouldst see them too. Like the lepers at the gate of Samaria, it would be foolish for thee to sit where thou art and die. Bestir thyself, for close at hand, lavish mercy is poured forth, exceeding abundantly above all that thou dost ask, or even think. Only believe and enter into rest. For the poor, the sick, the faint, the erring, there are words of good cheer which they alone can enjoy. For the fallen, the desponding, the despairing, the dying, there are cordials which are compounded with an eye to the peculiar maladies. The widow and the fatherless have their promises, and so have captives, travelers, shipwrecked mariners, aged persons, and those in the article of death. No one ever wanders where a promise does not follow him. An atmosphere of promise surrounds believers as the air surrounds the globe. I might almost call it 
omnipresent, and say of it, Thou hast beset me behind and before, and laid thine hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain unto it. Whither shall I go from thy spirit, or whither shall I flee from thy presence? Psalm 139, verses 5, 6, and 7. No depth of darkness can hide us from the covenant of promise. Say rather, in its presence the night shineth as the day. Wherefore, let us take courage, and by faith and patience wait in the land of our exile till the day of our home-bringing so shall we, like the rest of the heirs of salvation, inherit the promise. Certain covenant engagements made with the Lord Jesus Christ as to his elect and redeemed ones are altogether without condition so far as we are concerned. But many other wealthy words of the Lord contain stipulations which must be carefully regarded, or we shall not obtain the blessing. One part of my reader's diligent search must be directed towards this most important point. God will keep his promise to thee. Only see thou to it that the way in which he conditions his engagement is carefully observed of thee. Only when we fulfill the requirement of a conditional promise can we expect that promise to be fulfilled to us. He hath said, He that believeth in Jesus shall be saved. If thou believest in the Lord Jesus, it is certain that thou shalt be saved, but not else. In the same way, if the promise is made to prayer, to holiness, to reading the word, to abiding in Christ, or whatever else it may be, give thy heart and soul to the thing, command it that the blessing may become thine. In some cases, great blessedness is not realized because known duties are neglected. The promise cannot enter because sin lieth at the door. Even an unknown duty may whip us with a few stripes and a few strokes may greatly mar our happiness let us endeavor to know the lord's will in all things and then let us obey it without a trace of hesitation it is not of the way of our willfulness but of the tracks of divine wisdom that we read her ways are ways of pleasantness and all her paths are peace do not undervalue the grace of the promise because it has a condition appended to it. For, as a rule, it is in this way made doubly valuable, the condition being in itself another blessing which the Lord has purposely made inseparable from that which thou desirest, that thou mayest gain two mercies while seeking only one. Moreover, remember that the condition is grievous to those only 
who are not heirs of the promise. To them it is as a thorn hedge, keeping them off from the comfort to which they have no right. But to thee it is not grievous, but pleasant, and it is therefore no hindrance to thine access to the blessing. Those requirements which show a black cloud and darkness to the Egyptians have a bright side for the Israelites and give light by night to them. To us the Lord's yoke is easy, and in taking it upon us we find rest unto our souls. See then that thou note the wording of the promise, and carry out all its precepts, that all good things may come to thee. If thou art a believer in the Lord Jesus, all the promises are thine, and among them is one for this very day of the month, and for this particular place wherein thou art now encamped. Wherefore, search the roll of thy Magna Charta, and find out thy portion for this hour. Of all the promises which the Lord hath given in his book, he hath said, No one of these shall fail, none shall want its mate, for my mouth hath commanded them. Therefore trust, and be not afraid. Whatever else may prove a failure, the promise of God never will. Treasure laid up in this bank is beyond all hazard. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. Let us sing at every remembrance of the God of truth and grace. Tell of his wondrous faithfulness and sing his power abroad. Sing the sweet promise of his grace and the performing God. He that can dash whole worlds to death and make them when he please, he speaks and that almighty breath fulfills his great decrees. His every word of grace is strong as that which built the skies. The voice that rolls the stars along speaks all the promises. End of section 17. Recording by Simon Wainwright.